Okay. I'm not turned to the passage yet. Chip is still sending text messages. We're having a good old time. Chip's sound is on on his phone because he lives dangerously. But it's cool. We're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 12 today. So we had the Queen of Sheba and then uh, Jeroboam, Rehoboam. And I think now we're going to see some uh, actual conflicts sort of come up here in 1 Kings 12 through 14. So here we go. Yeah. The northern tribes revolt. Rehoboam went to Shechem, where all Israel had gathered to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard, heard of this, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. The leaders of Israel summoned him, and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. Then we will be your royal subjects. Rehoboam replied, give me three days to think this over. Then come back uh, for my answer. So the people, they went away. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. What is your advice, he asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, well, if you're willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they'll always be your loyal subjects. Oh, but Rehoboam rejected the advice uh, of the older bum, men. Bum, bum. Oh, man. And instead asked the opinion of the young men who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. Mm -hmm. What's your advice, he asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young men replied, well, this is what you should tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I'll beat you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision, just as the king had ordered. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his younger advisors. He told the people, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. So the king paid no attention to the people. The, these, uh, this turn of events was well of God for the Lord, the will of the Lord, for it fulfilled the Lord's message to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, through the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh. When all Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded, down with the dynasty of David. We have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for your own house, O David. So the people of Israel returned home, but Rehoboam continued to rule over the Israelites who lived in the towns of Judah. King Rehoboam sent Adoniram, who was in charge of forced labor, to restore order. But the people of Israel stoned him to death. Well, that's a clear message, huh? Yeah. When the news reached King Rehoboam, he quickly jumped into his chariot and fled to Jerusalem. And to this day, the northern tribes of Israel have refused to be ruled by a descendant of David. When the people of Israel learned of Jeroboam's return from Egypt, they called an assembly and made him king over Israel. So only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the family of David. Shemaiah's prophecy... When Rehoboam arrived at Jerusalem, he mobilized the men of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, 180,000 select troops, to fight against the men of Israel and to restore the kingdom to himself. But God said to Shemaiah, the man of God, Say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all the people of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, this is what the Lord says. Do not fight against your relative, the Israelites. Go back home, for what has happened is my doing. So they obeyed the message of the Lord and went home as the Lord had commanded. 
Jeroboam makes gold calves. Jeroboam then built up the city of Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and it became his capital. Later, he went and built up the town of Peniel. Jeroboam thought to himself, well, unless I'm careful, the kingdom will return to the dynasty of David. When these people go to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord, they'll Again, give their allegiance to the king Rehoboam of Judah. They will kill me and make him their king instead. So on the advice of his counselors, the king made two gold calves. He said to the people, It is too much trouble for you to worship in Jerusalem. Look, look, Israel, there, these are the gods who brought you out of Egypt. Oof. Yeah, he placed these calf idols in Bethel and in Dan at either end of his kingdom. But this became a great sin, for the people worshipped the idols, traveling as far north as Dan to worship the one there. Jeroboam also erected buildings at the pagan shrines and ordained priests from the common people, those who were not from the priestly tribe of Levi. And Jeroboam instituted a religious festival in Bethel, held on the 15th day of the 8th month, in, in imitation of the annual festival of shelters in Judah. There at Bethel he offered sacrifices to the calves he had made, and he appointed priests for the pagan shrines he had made. So on the 15th day of the 8th month, a day that he, he himself had designated, Jeroboam offered sacrifices on the altar at Bethel. He instituted a religious festival for Israel, and he went up to the altar to burn incense. First Kings chapter 13, a prophet denounces Jeroboam. At the Lord's command, a man of God from Judah went to Bethel, arriving there just as Jeroboam was approaching the altar to burn incense. Then at the Lord's command, he shouted, O altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A child named Josiah will be born into the dynasty of David. On you he will sacrifice the priests from the pagan shrines who come here to burn incense, and human bones will be burned on you. That same day, the man of God gave a sign to prove his message. He said, The Lord has promised to give this sign. This altar will split apart, and its ashes will be poured out on the ground. When King Jeroboam heard the man of God speaking against the altar at Bethel, he pointed at him and shouted, Seize that man! Hmm. But instantly the king's hand became paralyzed in that position, and he couldn't pull it back. At the same time, a wide crack appeared in the altar, and the ashes poured out just as the man of God had predicted in his message from the Lord. The king cried out to the man of God, Please ask the Lord your God to restore my hand again. So the man of God prayed to the Lord, and the king's hand was restored, and he could move it again. Then the king said to the man of God, Come to the palace with me and have something to eat, and I will give you a gift. But the man of God said to the king, Even if you gave me half of everything you own, I would not go with you. I would not eat or drink anything in this place. For the Lord gave me this command. You must not eat or drink anything while you are there, and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. So he left Bethel and went home another way. As it happened, there was an old prophet living in Bethel, and his sons came home and told him what the man of God had done in Bethel that day. They also told their father what the man had said to the king. The old prophet asked them, which way did he go? So they showed their father which road the man of God had taken. Quick, saddle a donkey, the old man said. So they saddled the donkey for him, and he mounted it. Then he rode after the man of God and found him sitting under a great tree. The old prophet asked him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? Yes, I am, he replied. Then he said to the man of God, come home with me and eat some food. No, I cannot, he replied. I am not allowed to eat or drink anything here in this place, for the Lord gave me this commandment. You must not eat or drink anything while you are there, and do not return to Judah by the same way you came. But the old prophet answered, I am a prophet too, just as you are. And an angel gave me this command from the Lord. Bring him home with you so he can have something to eat and drink. But the old man was lying to him. 
So they went back together, and the man of God ate and drank at the prophet's home. Then, while they were sitting at the table, a command from the Lord came to the old prophet. He cried out to the man of God from Judah. This is what the Lord says. You have defied the word of the Lord and have disobeyed the command of the Lord the Lord your God gave you. You came back to this place and ate and drank where he told you not to eat and drink. Because of this, your body will not be buried in the grave of your ancestors. After the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the old prophet saddled his own donkey for him, and the man of God started off again. But as he was traveling along, a lion came out and killed him. His body lay there on the road, with the donkey and the lion standing beside it. People who passed by saw the body lying in the road and the lion standing beside it, and they went and reported in Bethel, where the old prophet lived. When the prophet heard the report, he said, It is the man of God who disobeyed the Lord's command. The Lord has fulfilled his word by causing a lion to attack and kill him. Then the prophet said to his son, Saddle a donkey for me. So they saddled a donkey. And he went out and found the body lying in the road. The donkey and the lion were still standing there beside it, for the lion had not eaten the body nor attacked the donkey. So the prophet laid the body of the man of God on the donkey, took it back to the town to mourn over him and bury him. He laid the body in his own grave, crying out in grief, Oh, my brother! Afterward, the prophet said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave where the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the message the Lord told him to proclaim against the altar in Bethel and against the pagan shrines in the towns of Samaria will certainly come true. But even after this, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil ways. He continued to choose priests from the common people. He appointed anyone who wanted to become a priest for the pagan shrines. This became a great sin and resulted in the utter destruction of Jeroboam's dynasty from the face of the earth. Ahijah's prophecy against Jeroboam. This is 1 Kings chapter 14. At that time, Jeroboam's son Abijah became very sick. So Jeroboam told his wife, Disguise yourself so that no one will recognize you as my wife. Then go to the prophet Ahijah at Shiloh, the man who told me I would become king. Take him a gift of ten loaves of bread, some cakes, and a jar of honey, and ask him what will happen to the boy. So Jeroboam's wife spent, uh, went to Ahijah's home at Shiloh. He was an old man now and could no longer see, but the Lord had told Ahijah, Jeroboam's wife will come here, pretending to be someone else. She'll ask you about her son, for he is very sick. Give her the answer that I give you. So when Ahijah heard her footsteps at the door, he called out, Come in, wife of Jeroboam. Why are you pretending to be someone else? Then he told her, I have bad news for you. Give your husband Jeroboam this message from the Lord, the God of Israel. I promoted you from the ranks of the common people, and I made you ruler over my people. I ripped the kingdom away from the family of David and gave it to you. But you have not been like my servant David, who obeyed my commands and followed me with all his heart and always did whatever I wanted. You have done more evil than all who lived before you. You have made other gods for yourself and have made me furious with your gold calves. And since you have turned your back on me, I will bring disaster on your dynasty and will destroy every one of your male descendants, slave and free alike, anywhere in Israel. I will burn up your royal dynasty as one burns up trash until it's all gone. The members of Jeroboam's family who die in the city will be eaten by dogs, and those who die in the field will be eaten by vultures. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then Ahijah said to Jeroboam's wife, Go on home, and when you enter the city, the child will die. All Israel will mourn for him and bury him. He is the only member of your family who will have a proper burial. For this child is the only good thing that the Lord, the God of Israel, sees in the entire family of Jeroboam. 
In addition, the Lord will raise up a king over Israel who will destroy the family of Jeroboam. This will happen today, even now. Then the Lord will shake Israel like a reed whipped out about in a stream. He will uproot the people of Israel from this good land that he gave their ancestors and will scatter them beyond the Euphrates River. For they have angered the Lord with the Asherah poles they have set up for worship. He will abandon Israel because Jeroboam sinned and made Israel sin along with him. So Jeroboam's wife returned to Terza, and the child died just as she walked through the door of her home. All Israel buried him and mourned for him, as the Lord had promised through the prophet Ahijah. The rest of the events in Jeroboam's reign, including all his wars and how he ruled, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. Jeroboam reigned in Israel 22 years. When Jeroboam died, his son Nadab became the next king. Rehoboam rules in Judah. Meanwhile, Rehoboam, son of Solomon, was king in Judah. He was 41 years old when he became king and reigned 17 years in Jerusalem the city of the Lord that had chosen from among the tribes of Israel as a place to honor his name. Rehoboam's mother was Naamah, an Ammonite woman. During Rehoboam's reign, the people of Judah did what was evil in the Lord's sight, provoking his anger with their sin, for it was even worse than that of their ancestors. For they also built for themselves pagan shrines and set up sacred pillars and Asherah poles on every high hill and under every green tree. There were even male and female shrine prostitutes throughout the land. The people imitated the detestable practices of the pagan nations the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. In the fifth year of King Rehoboam's reign, King Shishak of Egypt came up and attacked Jerusalem. He ransacked the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the royal palace. He stole everything, including all the gold shields Solomon had made. King Rehoboam later replaced them with bronze shields as substitutes, and he entrusted them to the care of the commanders of the guard who protected the entrance to the royal palace. Whenever the king went to the temple of the Lord, the guards would also take the shields and then return them to their guard room. The rest of the events in Rehoboam's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. There was constant war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam. When Rehoboam died, he was buried among his ancestors in the city of David. His mother was Namah, an Ammonite woman. Then his son Abijam became the next king. Okay. Alrighty. Man. Alrighty. Good stuff. So we answer two questions. Mm -hmm. So what and where's Jesus? The so what uh, today, um, hmm, I kept going back and forth. And so let me just say that um, the people imitated. Okay, we read that the people imitated. And so uh, what we discover is that you can imitate... um, good and you can imitate bad and so in this case they imitated the bad the detestable practices of the pagan nations that the lord had driven away from the land Mm -hmm. so uh that is something we again a part of our choice every day who am i going to imitate is it someone that's good or bad so good is god and jesus and those who name the name of jesus and follow jesus i think of Paul, he says, imitate me, follow me as I follow and imitate Jesus. And so we want to have people in our life that imitate Jesus, that love him, live for him, that we can spend time with them. And so we imitate them. And if we're not careful, we allow these other people into our life, our circle of influence, and that we do things detestable and that are bad. And they they lead us down a very dark and dangerous road. So the, the so what today is to pick the right people to imitate that are doing the right things. And they eventually, they, they get to God through through Jesus. Yeah, love that. Love that. Um, can I add a so what? Because it's, it's pertinent to what's happening in our life. 
right now. Sure. I think compromise of God's standard is is cancer. You know, and it just grows. It yeah. grows and grows and yeah. grows. Solomon let a little bit in. And it, like you said, that was the beginning of the end. And it was just such a small seed. And we see it happening in our world, in, in the church, yeah. the capital C church, the whole church. And I think it goes right yeah. along. With and we disguise said. it by calling it love. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Or, or You're not being loving or tolerant. At, yeah, at best. Mm-hmm. You know, and I quite frankly, you know, I think that we just have a complete misunderstanding of what love is supposed to be. And what we call love is actually hatred. You know, and um, so it's very ugly. And I see there are grave consequences in Israel. And we are so quick to say, how could Israel be so stupid about this stuff? And now you look, Mm -hmm. the church was established when God came here Mm -hmm. and established it. And yet we've managed to pervert it. And it's ugly. It's cancerous. All right. So where's Jesus in this? Uh, Quite frankly, it's another easy one. Rehoboam, right? So Rehoboam is terrible. Jeroboam's terrible. Rehoboam's terrible. Mm-hmm. They're both terrible. Um, but Rehoboam's terrible. And uh, this is David's grandson. How can you be so awful? You know, and so we get back into lineage and we're looking. Go to Matthew 1. There he is. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Yeah. And purpose of Matthew 1 is to barrel us towards Jesus and show us the royal lineage of Jesus and just remember like there are some terrible terrible people and we're going to see more of them in the lineage of Jesus they're ugly things in the lineage of Jesus and yet God's plan was always always to bring about Jesus of Nazareth the Christ the second person of the Trinity incarnate in human flesh to save us from our sins and so when we look at this ugliness just remember Every time you see the word Rehoboam, without Rehoboam, there's no Jesus of Nazareth, right? There's a second person of the Trinity. He didn't need creation. He has always existed. But Jesus of Nazareth, you think about descendancy, comes from this. Yeah. So remember that as we read through the Kings. Um, It's very important. So Very good. There you have it, everybody. That's where Jesus is. And a couple really good so what's for you. And we're proud of you. Yeah, and we hope you have a great day today on June 23rd. June 23rd. I've been back yeah. in the United States for two days now, and i got to tell you, I really miss all-you-can-eat yeah. food. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we are excited that uh, we get to read to you again tomorrow. Yes, we do. <laughs> we'll see you there. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.